All right, everybody, welcome back to the newest episode of Chat for God. In this episode, I want to talk about having kids because my wife and I have officially resumed our effort to make a baby. We actually started, well, okay, I'll back up. There's a bit of a story. About a year and a half ago, when I was still a professor in England, we decided that we were ready. We knew that we always wanted to have kids, but you know, like many millennials, we kind of we're constantly overthinking it and we felt like we weren't financially ready and all that. And so about a year and a half ago, we finally decided we would try to have a baby and we were successful very quickly. <laughs> uh, my wife got pregnant pretty much immediately after we started trying and it was amazing and we were super excited and happy. And as sometimes happens, my wife had a miscarriage somewhere around three months in, I think a little less than three months in. Unfortunately, so yeah, it was a bummer. And that was right around the time that I was getting ready to leave academia, actually. So when that happened, and we were no longer going to be having a baby imminently, we decided that we should wait a little while before resuming the effort until after we got more stabilized after quitting academia, because that was quite a risk. And our income was a huge question mark for several months after quitting academia and where we were going to be living and all of that was very up in the air. So we just figured there was no need to immediately start trying again to have a baby. So we basically put that on hold. But now I'm a little bit more than a year out of academia. And without going into the whole story of everything I've been doing and all of that, because I talk about that elsewhere, and that's not the focus of this podcast. The point is just that our income has been raised and it's now more stable. It's certainly not very much. I still feel like it's not quite enough to really confidently start a family, but you can't wait forever. And I don't know, we're both just feeling like now is the time to do it. We're sufficiently stabilized and we're sufficiently content and, and happy with the work we are doing and the bit of money we are making. And you know what they say, they, people always will tell you there's never a right time. So, you know, we're not getting any younger. Like we've been postponing this for many years, really, just out of the typical millennial rationalist calculation of money and personal freedom and all of that. And something I'm coming to realize is that so long as you're thinking about having children in that lens, you're never going to want to have kids. It's never going to be rational. This is something I'm realizing. Now I'm 34 years old, right? So I'm not too old. I still feel good. I'm healthy. But 34, it's like not young, you know? I, I, I don't I don't want to be super old when my kid is like 20 or 25, you know? So yeah, I'm just starting to really realize my wife too is how the kind of like rational calculus doesn't really work. If that's your MO, then you'll probably just find yourself 50 or 60 with no kids. Like that is how I feel. If I keep trying to be super rational about it, I feel like we'll never have kids. So yeah, we're paying all the bills. We're feeling good. We're stable enough. So Literally, like a few days ago, we started, we decided and agreed, and, and we resumed trying. So we'll see if it is as quick this time as it was last time. If it's like last time, you know, I might report three podcasts from now that uh, looks like we're having a baby. But honestly, I won't share it until like after three months or so. That's something smart we did last time, which is we told our friend, we told like very close friends and family, you know, a few, a few weeks after we learned, but we didn't publicize it or talk about it publicly at all. Because the probability of miscarriage is actually higher than you might think. I didn't really know this as a man. Uh, 
a good number of, of pregnancies result in miscarriage. So you really can't get your hopes up until after three months or so. By then, the, the chances of miscarriage are quite small. In any event, that's that's one bit of interesting news in my life. And it's relevant for this podcast because it's well known that there is a correlation between religiosity and the number of children you have. And I think it's because of the problem I was just articulating about how if you see life through a purely rational lens, for many people, it's never going to seem like the right move to have kids. Now, people have tried to challenge this argument, like the economist Brian Kaplan has a book called Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids. So you can definitely make a case that it's rational to have kids. But the reality of the typical modern rational person, and when I say rational, I don't mean particularly rationalist or particularly intelligent or good at reasoning. That's not what I mean. I just mean the modern, civilized, rational, secular type of human being. In practice, that type of human being will be disinclined from having kids, other things equal, relative to religious people. And the way that I see it more positively is, as always, I don't have a sophisticated Christian theological disquisition for you here. I see this in a very naive way, but in a way that I do believe is essentially Christian in that I just think life is good intrinsically. The more life you can make, the better. I think that's just like a general principle. And in fact, you know what's funny is as I say that, I remember I remember my grandmother, my grandmother on my mom's side once told me when I was very young, she told me something exactly like that. I forget the words that she used. I was quite young, but it was in connection to, in fact, an event in the family, someone in the family having a having a child, let's just say unexpectedly. And now that I think about it, my grandmother might have told me in those exact words that I just used without even thinking about it. I think she said something to the effect of just new life is always good. It's always a good thing. There's just nothing else to say about it. There's no questions asked. New life is always a blessing. That's how she might have put it. And I don't know if that stuck with me or if it's just our shared genetics or something or the fact that it's a Catholic family. Like, I don't know what the causal driver is, but as I sit here today as a 34-year-old man, I really think and feel that basic idea. I really believe that's true. And I can give you some rational arguments for it, but but that's a false temptation because as soon as you try to go onto the plane of rationality, I do think that ultimately you're not going to win the argument in favor of having more kids simply because like rationality and rational discussions or rational debates are almost never so correctly calibrated that the optimal rational conclusion is drawn out through verbal deliberation. Like in practice, rationality typically means the most clever people will find convincing reasons to do whatever their non-rational or emotional preferences are. And so I think for people with religious attitudes who have certain convictions, such as the one I just said, that new life is always a blessing, pretty much unconditionally, if you're sufficiently convinced of that, you can make rational arguments for it. But in practice, putting that conviction onto the rationality plane is probably going to decrease the number of people who are convinced by it and will actually increase the number of people who are all the more convinced in their view that it's not rational to have more kids or that life is not always intrinsically a blessing. So as for why I want to have kids, I think I'll just leave it at that as a as a hunch or as a, a leap of faith, right? Because that's what religion is. It's a leap of faith. And I do believe it. I do believe new life is always good and it's good to bring in new life. But I suppose it is an article of faith and over-rationalizing it might do it some injustice, which isn't to say people shouldn't 
think as fully as possible and explain as fully as possible in rational terms why they think and feel what they do. I think that's good. But on certain life decisions, if you feel called to something, it can be best to leave your conviction unarticulated or undefended. Something else I was thinking about is how our knowledge of biology has really kind of screwed us in a way because back when we didn't understand how reproduction worked, it's kind of genius, right? Like we have our immediate sexual drives, which everyone has and are very powerful and have they have nothing to do with rationality. And just by humans having the sexual drives they do, they have sex and babies constantly appear. Now we understand how all of this stuff works scientifically. And for most people, the rational thing to do is to enjoy the sexual pleasure, but block the reproductive aspect, like wearing condoms or whatever. And some people will say this is an amazing advancement because we can have all the pleasure, but without any of the quote unquote costs. But is it an advancement or is it really a kind of evolutionary suicide niche where now for many secular, modern, rational people, they're actually the ones who are trapped in a little evolutionary cul-de-sac, a blind alley where they're essentially doomed to masturbate and die. In some sense, I'm grateful that I am blessed with just enough religiosity to to be able to still feel and participate in this ancient nature of human life. You know, it's a similar thing with suicide. Like, I don't judge people who commit suicide. And also, frankly, I don't even judge people who have abortions because I think these things are just so difficult and mysterious that I just don't have the kind of theological sophistication or confidence or I don't know what it is exactly, but I personally don't really feel comfortable judging other people on these fronts. But my attitude towards having kids is very similar to my attitude towards suicide. Like I personally think suicide is very ethically problematic to say the very least, but a lot of people think it's like a no-brainer that suicide is just ethically neutral. I mean, many, many people think that that it's just a choice. And if someone wants to commit suicide, then that's their choice. And no, most people would never think of criti- criticizing or saying anything negative about someone after they committed suicide as having done something bad or unethical. But I definitely think that to some degree. I still don't really say that about people who commit suicide, but because it, it does feel not my place or it does feel distasteful. But I do believe that committing suicide is ethically wrong. And it's for the same reason I said before, which is that life is intrinsically good, and that we are called to always increase life, whether that be in ourselves or in others. And I definitely believe that terrible mental health curses such as serious depression are very real. And I do believe that people can find themselves in places where their genuine mental experience of everyday life is so painful that death feels to them like a superior option and maybe even is in fact, on some kind of concrete level, a superior option in terms of their suffering. But we also know that suffering can be cured, at least sometimes, or it goes up and down, at least sometimes. And we do owe it to ourselves and we owe it to each other to fight for survival, to fight for life. And that should be applauded. And the opposite of it should be the opposite of applauded. Even if one can empathetically appreciate that maybe one would do the same if one was suffering from severe depression. I actually feel similarly about abortion. Like I don't really judge women who have abortions, and I don't really talk about this in public at all. And heck, I can even acknowledge that if I ever had or if I ever participated in an unexpected pregnancy when I was younger, like in my 20s, thank God I was never a part of that. That never happened to me. But if it had, 
I know for sure I would have been very supportive of an abortion. I, I also felt conflicted about that back then because I, re- I remember thinking about it. It was one of the reasons why I was terrified, absolutely terrified all the time when I was having casual sex in my 20s, absolutely terrified all the time of a, of a possible accidental pregnancy precisely because I knew that I probably would support an abortion, at least agree to it. I probably wouldn't like strongly encourage anything. I would have respected whatever the woman wanted probably in the in an ultimate sense if push came to shove. But the bigger part of me definitely would have been hoping that the woman would want to have an abortion because I was absolutely terrified of having a child too young because my parents had a child very young, me namely, and and life was very, very hard for all of us. So I was terrified of that. But I knew that I probably personally would have preferred for any of my girlfriends at the time to have an abortion. But I also feared that that was evil. Like I always kind of had mixed feelings about it. So I don't judge people who have abortions because you know what they say, there go I, but for the grace of God. I mean, it easily, I easily could have been an enthusiastically agreeing party to an abortion. So it's easier as you get older and your relationships solidify, and especially when you're married and all that, it's very easy for your ethical beliefs here to harden. And now for what it's worth, I mean, I do actually feel now much later that I actually do feel more confident and sure in my own estimation that abortion is wrong, but I still don't talk about it or judge anyone for these reasons. And while we're at it, I think one of the benefits of faith is that it is so mysterious and it is so uncertain. And to have faith is always such a intrinsically ungrounded thing. Like just in its nature, no matter how strong your faith is, it's it's a flimsy thing. It's one thing to have strong faith and that's great, but no matter how strong your faith is, it never really can genuinely and honestly convert to earthly social confidence. You know what I mean? Like the earthly confidence of going around the world and telling people you're wrong, you're wrong, you're bad, you're bad. Faith is a is a mysterious and fragile thing. And even as my faith in certain things has increased or my faith in God has increased, it rarely, if ever, really increases my interest or motivation to judge or condemn others. Just because it feels to me kind of like a fluke or like a, a, a miracle, like a real random blessing that I even have the faith that I have. It's so statistically possible that I just never really turned back towards religion. And it's just like incredibly easy for for me to be living in a very slightly different life path where I'm just like a typical, secular, rational, modern person. And I take it for granted that it's totally normal and cool to do a bunch of things that my current self actually does feel probably are actually evil. And I think when you're honest about that and you acknowledge that, it just gives you like a real humility and and modesty of like, man, it's just hard to judge. It's really hard to judge. While we're talking about abortion, I really want to recommend a recent video that appeared on YouTube, an interview with Kanye West. Um, I don't know how many of you follow Kanye West, but personally, I think he's one of the most amazing geniuses of our epoch. I think he is just in another dimension when it comes to independent minds. He is just so radically off the grid of contemporary normal society, I think. And he's truly, truly managed to cultivate and protect an independence of mind combined with a certain kind of competence and ambition and ability, of course, both artistically, but also just in terms of 
life and society and building businesses and all of that, that is just really, really rare and a real sight to behold. So if you've never listened to Kanye West talk about politics and culture, you might be in for a surprise. I really recommend. There is a video that recently came out. It's an interview with another rapper named Nick Cannon. I forget the name of it, but it should not be too hard to find. And it's a long sit-down conversation and interview. And one of the things he talks about is abortion. And he's gotten a ton of heat for this a little while back because he basically was just speaking from the heart about it and in his own experience and in his own life. And in this interview, he was basically talking about how it's a genocide and especially how it affects black people in America. And I was just like, damn, listening to it, I was like, it was easy back when the conservative Christian evangelical right wing would say this kind of stuff. It was easy to dismiss that back in the day when I was, you know, a left leaning college student or whatever. But now in 2020 to hear a black man who's super quote unquote cool. I mean, to hear him say these things, it's really hard to dismiss it. It's really hard to ignore it or reject it. And I, I have to say, I was listening to this video and I think it was actually really updating my, my mentality a little bit because I also feel this in a personal way from the heart also, because like if my parents were just normal, rational, secular people, they definitely would have aborted me. <laughs> they, they were not ready to have me. I was the first I was the first of four kids that they had. And they didn't have the money. They didn't have the life plan. They didn't have the things that you need to have to confidently and rationally choose to have and raise a child. They did not have those things. So like my 25-year-old self, if I went back in time and encountered or made friends with two young adults who had all the characteristics of my mom and dad at the time they became pregnant with me when they were around 22 and they asked me for advice, my 25-year-old self, I would have almost certainly discouraged them from having me. Like I said, I always had mixed emotions about this, so I, I almost certainly wouldn't have told them aggressively and explicitly to have an abortion. But my honest feeling probably would have been that. How insane is that? And now my views have evolved a bit, but I think about how like all of the well-educated, high-status, especially female authors and speakers on these topics, like almost all of them believe that my mom and dad probably should have had, should have had an abortion. Like that's just a fact, I think, because most of those people, most of high-status opinion right now, they themselves would have abortions in the situation of my mom and dad being pregnant with me. And you know, this really does become a hard pill to swallow. Like on some level, it is actually a fact that most educated, high-status writers and speakers would not have allowed me to come into the world if they were in the position of my mom and dad. That's a crazy fact. And I don't feel too butthurt about it. I mean, like I'm not, I don't lose sleep over this. But when I think of, when you think about that as a technically true statement, it's pretty crazy. And I could definitely allow myself to meditate on that and start to have pretty serious feelings. It does make me kind of want to speak up more a little bit about abortion. I, I mean, again, I'm not one to judge on these difficult matters, but I think I'm pretty cool. And I think I'm a pretty positive addition to the world. And I enjoy my life. I've had a weird and cool and pretty wild life. And I'm really grateful to have appeared on this world. And if my parents didn't have faith in the goodness of life and the intrinsic obviousness of creating life and of faithfully supporting its growth, even when you weren't expecting it, or even when it would conflict with 
your own personal desires for yourself, then I this life that I am wouldn't be here. And perhaps it is a kind of cowardice to not, therefore, talk about that and play some kind of role in communicating this issue. That's why listening to Kanye talk about it was like, wow, I immediately felt him and also immediately respected him because it is so it is one of the lowest status beliefs or opinions or positions you can possibly adopt, especially as a man. Anyway, these have been a few of my takes on kids and babies and life. Call me crazy, but I think life is good. And other things equal, we should always try to increase the supply of it. And I'm excited to be a father. It's overdue. I mean, I'm 34 years old. Like, I don't really feel it as a lack. Like, I'm not really suffering from not having a child, but, and I know it's going to be hard and crazy and stressful in different ways. But like, once you start aging and once you start, once you get married and you don't have a baby for a few years, you're just kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? I mean, I work hard and I'm obsessed with my projects. Like, I love what I'm doing. My life has a lot of intrinsic meaning and, and drive to it. But you know what it is, actually, especially it's, it's, you know, people become less attractive as they age, right? Like, I'm definitely less attractive than I was even five years ago, like noticeably. I mean, I, I still think I'm a fairly handsome chap, but I'm, and I'm not insecure about it. Like, again, I, I'm not suffering from this, but just little things, you know, like you start to bald a little bit or that receding hairline and your skin becomes a little more leathery and wrinkles on the face and it's a little bit harder to stay lean. You know, these things, like when I was 28, yeah, it felt good to be super springy and spry and in my prime physically. And at that age, you do kind of feel like, oh, I don't want to have a baby yet. I'm not ready to have a baby yet. I want to enjoy this. I want to I want to really make the most of this personal, individual, physical prime and the freedom and the power of it. But by the time you're 34, like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I'm a bad looking chap, but I'm like, I'm not really anything special. Like, I don't have any <laughs> fantasies of like, you know, roaming the big cities of the world and attracting a bunch of hot chicks and becoming a movie star or model or something like, you know, you, you just become like less impressed by yourself in a way. Like I look at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, holy smokes, I'm actually, I actually really am becoming just like a, a middle-aged man and it looks like it. And you're just kind of like, you don't care about the things you cared more about when you were younger. And that does kind of feel to me like a, a baby-sized hole. Like, again, it's not a lack. I'm not suffering terribly or anything, but I do feel like there is a there is a child-sized hole in my overall sense of life and who I am and what I'm doing. So, like, if my hairline is going to keep receding, I might as well raise a child <laughs> is kind of what I'm saying. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how it feels. So, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Like I said, I probably won't, if we are blessed with conception, I probably won't tell you folks until after like the three month mark, but we are officially trying. So we'll see what happens. I received a few more emails from some of you. They were very interesting. Thank you. As always, I love hearing the feedback to this weird little podcast experiment I have going here. Shout out to Craig. Shout out to Karen. Uh, shout out to Mo. Some interesting people. And I've been talking a lot for this episode, so I think I'm going to wrap this up, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll talk about some of the topics you all mentioned. Also, Nicholas, shout out. I'll talk about some of the questions and topics you all have been sending me in a future episode. So yeah, if you have questions or things you think I should talk about or you want to make some arguments or comments, definitely send me an email or DM and very likely I will read them or talk about them or something in a future episode. Alrighty, thanks for listening, everyone.
As always, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't left a review on iTunes yet, that'd be awesome if you could. And the only other thing I would ask is just if you know someone who might be interested in this, please tell them either in person or shoot them an email or mention them on a social network and share the podcast. Any one of these things or all of these things, if you could do them, I'd be super grateful. This is really a pretty niche podcast. So if it's going to grow, it's going to grow through word of mouth and this kind of stuff. So thanks for listening, everyone. It's actually really cool and special to do this solo. It was fun doing it with Ashley, but it's a new and unique vibe to do it by myself. And it feels good. It feels really good, honestly. It feels very wholesome and it feels like something very worth doing. And I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't know that there were a handful of you out there who want to listen to it. So I'm genuinely very grateful for your interest. All right, I'll see you this time next week. May peace be with you.